Welcome back. I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor of today's episode of North American Deer Talk, CNE Wildlife Products. CNE Wildlife is a trusted leader in biotechnology for the cervid industry. They offer microencapsulated bacteria products that are research supported through Texas Tech University. With more than 30 years of experience and commitment to all natural probiotics, this product line continues to be a mainstay in herd management programs across North America. And the reason is simple. They are passionate about the cervid industry. They have products for elk, whitetail, muleys, red deer, and more. With products ranging from Fawn Paste and Electromax to Guardian Plus, Whitetail Energy Pack, Jumpstart, or their ever-popular Top Score Extreme, they just flat out work. We've been a CNE Wildlife product user for more than 15 years. To learn more about CNE Wildlife, check out episode 54 of North American Deer Talk, a probiotics masterclass with CNE owner Sadie Horrocks, and give her a call today to start using the products we do here. Hey, it's the Deer Wizard, host of North American Deer Talk. I want to tell you about a great new advertising and research platform that we've developed for you, CWDbreeding.com. You know, as the deer industry continues to mature and develop around chronic waste and disease and its known genetic heritability, resources like CWDbreeding.com become essential tools for deer managers across the country making decisions about their herds. I really wanted a platform that excelled at hosting GBV and codon markers in a filterable and searchable manner, but I also wanted to have high quality pictures, videos, ages, scores, NADAR numbers, and a whole host of other information to go along with that. This database puts everything in one easy to find location and allows you to access the industry's greatest genetic resources. I look forward to seeing all the great bucks that people have to offer in one easy-to-find location, cwdbreeding.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of North American Deer Talk. This is episode 69. If you're watching on the video stream, you can see I have Executive Director of Nadifa, Mr. Sean Schaefer, with me today to give us a Nadifa update. Sean, how are you? Hey, really good, Josh. Really good. Thank you for uh, allowing me this opportunity and uh, invite me again once once again here to North American Deer Talk. Yeah, we got to do it more than once a year. Well, for sure. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, all the things that happen out here, I mean, it, it's surprising we don't do this more often. We can't, you know, trouble, trouble is finding the time to do it. I mean, it's uh, sit down here for an hour and just visit. It is, well, it's, you know, I know the members like it, the industry likes it, but people want to know. Oh, it's like getting on an airplane and shutting off your phone for an hour. I mean, that's that okay. feels good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's been a I know it's been a relatively uh busy year on your end. And um if I didn't have a personal relationship with you where I can just pick up the phone and call, um I wouldn't know too too much about all the ins and outs of what goes on. So I want to get a I want to get a better understanding of that. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about that three letter vernacular uh, chronic waste disease or CWD. Um, we're going to talk chronic waste disease research and management act because that's kind of the the big ticket item. Um, but before we do that, I want to provide a little bit of the backstory and context because everything that happens. Um, you know, nationally takes time. And I have here in my notes that we started this process uh, in 2019. So, you know, with that backdrop in mind, um, talk about kind of the, a little bit of the origin story of how this thing came to be um, and, and where we're at in 2019. We'll kind of, we'll, we'll work through the years there. Thank you, Josh. And appreciate you me the opportunity to do that because that as you said i mean you and i get you know we talk often but uh one of my shortcomings and you've beat me up on this before is the uh the lack of communication to the industry and getting it out there and and that's a struggle back to that giving up the hour to do this you know uh when you look back at this cwd research management act that we started in 2019 
you know, it kind of puts it in perspective of, you know, things don't just happen fast and, and, you know, everything takes, takes time and every, you know, there's only so many hours in the day, minutes in the hour, whatever, however you want to look at it. Uh, and anytime you take away from that, it's taken away from something else. So, uh, I'm guilty as charged when it comes to poor communication, but, uh, you know, hopefully some of the accomplishments are making up for it, you know, and, and, and people have the faith that we're doing it. Uh, I look back to 2019 and I think that was one of the first years you attended our Washington DC flying with us. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a goal of, of, of research dollars funding for research and we've been pushing. So back up even further, you know, 1998, you know, they, they threw a lot of money at CWD, chronic waste, and, you know, kind of got a program going and uh, had a lot of research going. And, and as it went on, uh, nature of the beast on DC, they were cutting everything uh, back in those days. And by 2005, the chronic, the, the funding for research for chronic waste and disease pretty much dried up to zero. And, and even for our program as well. So, uh, we made a lot of trips to D.C. and fought and got that kind of reestablished. And by 2011, uh, we had the program funded and indemnity and other things that went along with that. But really, very little research dollars. And as we went forward, we got this cooperative agreement money that we're encouraging all the states to uh, work with their state agencies and, and have them apply for money for like the genetic testing or CWD testing, whatever. Um, and, you know, we were slowly getting increases in an in, in influx of, of research funding. But all that was kind of tied to government, you know, USDA's Agricultural Research Services, um, you know, the different research arms, the you know, USGS, US, US Geological Survey, and um, Wildlife Disease Center, you know, it, so it just, it was all within the government, you know, network. There are a lot of high power, very smart individuals out there in the research world and the university system and the private system. And, uh, but, you know, the nature of the beast, you got to pay the, you know, you pay your bills, keep the lights on, everything else. So um, they go where the money is. And there was no money in, in CWD. So they all were going in other directions. So we went to DC with the intent of funding for private industry for land grant universities, uh, you know, for that, that group of folks. And we initially, you know, I went out and surveyed, talked to, you know, as many, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of people over the years and, and the people I knew for many years that I hadn't heard of in years. And, you know, that, that had moved on to other diseases and other species, I uh, kind of circled around all those and got a dollar figure of just what, what do we need, you know? And, and at the time, it was like $15 million. We could really get something accomplished. And uh, the neat part while this was going on is, you know, technology was advancing. And, you know, we were gaining little bits, you know, on testing and, and solutions for CWD, but very slow, very little. So we went to D.C. with the mind of uh, mindset of looking for $15 million for the CWD Research Management Act. And, uh, and you know, primarily we were really heavy on the research side of it. So, in you know, as we said, government is slow and uh, it, it took time, but we were successful. We were moving forward. We didn't get beat. We didn't get thrown out. We didn't get laughed at. Uh, we were actually fairly successful. At the same time, some of our counterparts in the wildlife side were also pushing some bills. And, uh, and they had two separate ones kind of saying the same thing, one on the House side, one on the Senate side, and neither of theirs got any traction. They just failed miserably. So at, uh, at the end of that year, and I think it's about the same time uh, that we got our cooperative agreement funding, you know, going, that was being split between the wildlife side and the, and the farm side, you know, between Department of Interior and Department of Ag. Um, and I know you sit on some of those working groups as well, you know, a huge group of us kind of came together, you know, with that common goal of, hey, you know, we, we've got to, we're combating CWD here and what can we do, what type of projects and, and USDA facilitated all that, that and we, we started having some meetings and talking about 
what do we need to do first? You know, what are our goals? You know, and we broke out and then working groups, whatever, you know, and anyway, uh, so with all that kind of bringing everybody to the same table, we were approached to, you know, could we work together on this CWD research and management act? Uh, could those groups come on board with us? And and I think the word I remember that this, the terminology used was we're all we're going to pull the rope the same direction instead of multiple bills. We're going to have one bill everybody supports. So with that, we uh, we talked about it, had several meetings, and went back and forth, and we all agreed yes, this is the best for eliminating CWD from both sides of the fence. So. Went from 15 million uh, to 30 million. And then as uh, as the bill itself grew legs and started growing momentum and, and we started having more meetings and talking about it, you know, when you start talking about 50 states and, you know, the different wildlife agencies, different agriculture agencies, the tribes, um, it's, you know, that funding disappears fast. So we, we looked into it and felt the support was there for seven or CWD research management. And uh, and that's the number we chased. And it took until this past year, uh, last December 22, uh, your representative GT Thompson, Glenn Thompson, uh, had passed the House Bill 5608, I believe, introduced when we got that passed, 5608. And uh, then my senator, Senator Oven, uh, introduced Senate Bill 4111. And uh, basically, same bills, you know, near bills. And we, you know, the political process, uh, as we all aware, I mean, things didn't move fast, but uh, we come around to the end of 22, and it was looking like we were going to, you know, run into, you know, the whole administration was just a struggle to work with. But anyway, it looked like we were uh, timing off the calendar. So, uh, at the end, you know, we had we had one lone senator that was kind of a holdout that, uh, you know, we had some questions and, and was kind of stopping things from moving. And so we worked together with the other political leaders and rolled it into the spending bill and got it passed in the 2022 omnibus spending bill. So uh, with that said, we were authorized. We don't have the appropriations yet, but we're authorized up to 70 million. Um, and as you, if you remember, I said, we started this out, you know, with 15 million and, and as it grew, you know, up to, you know, 75. And so right now we're going to go on, we'll be chasing after that funding. And I feel very good that we should get somewhere close to that 70 million, if not the 70, but Hey, reality is if I got, you know, 30 million, I would probably be able to, uh, I would say we are still successful, you know, because, you know, we could do the 15, but it's, it's amazing as this has moved forward. The researchers that have, have come out of the woodwork, the brains that are out there, the, the, you know, the, the it's just it's unreal what's what who, people that have approached me and the different things they've got and ideas. And so um, with that, uh, the bill we will be split half between research and then the other half goes to the state agencies, wildlife and agriculture to be uh, used for the management and research on their side, whatever they feel. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a game changer. When you look at, you know, all of us have a little portable computer on our hip. You know, the technology these days, uh, uh, live testing, you know, RT Quick. I mean, RT Quick is, you know, and PMCA as well, these amplification tests. Super, super sensitive and super, the technology is just spooky almost. Um, it's super specific as well. I mean, they are very good tests. You know, ain't just super sensitive. They ain't going to find out what's not there. I mean, they are going to find the disease. So um, there's several companies out there working to get the bugs worked out of those, and they look very promising. So um, it's like I said, I'm, I'm excited about what's going to happen here fast. If you look at the genetic side of this, you know, where we, the advances we've made already, all of a sudden now we throw some more money at it and get, you know, more researchers involved and take it to that next level. You know, this is going to snowball. You know, before they used to do research and they put so many deer in a pan and you know, they had to kill them off to test them, you know? So by the, you know, two, three years into it, they were out of animals. Now we can put, you know, animals into the pen and we can work with them and live test them. We don't have to kill them, you know? And uh, 
it, it just speeds everything up, you know, and, and it makes things so much more simple. So um, I am just, it's like I said, I, I see that we are going to be making changes, you know, in the near future. Yeah. Is that three years? Is that five years? You know, who knows? I've been doing it for 25 years already. And I know it's sure gonna be a lot less than that. So, and I don't, my farm has no intention to go anywhere in the next 25. So, um, I, you'd be an old man by then, Sean. Yeah. 20, 25 oh, more. Not the next generation. Hopefully there, the next. There you go. Um, so I, I've been, I, I, and I know it was a long introduction or, you know, call those monologues on, on the show, but we call those yeah, hopefully that was what you're looking for. Uh, did it spur yeah. any thought? I was talking. Yeah, it, it it sure did. And uh, for those that are are listening, I am I'm a little under the weather. I got a pretty scratchy throat. And my nose is acting up. So if I start hacking, I'm gonna try to mute myself. And Sean's just gonna he'll see me coughing over on this side, and he'll just start talking. Which we know I'll just start talking. He can he can do that well. So, <laughs> um, you know, I I think that um, the things that stand out to to me, you know, because like you're you're deep in this process all the time. And I've been involved in the process, um, but I don't have the same kind of deep insights into all the little working parts. I think the things that stand out for me that are, are worth kind of highlighting and, and discussing a little more, um, n- number one would be um, how our original ask in 2019 um, was, a, was an ask, obviously, for the $15 million, but the way we presented it and 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 how we went about that was received really well. And there's a reason that that um, Nadifa was a part of of kicking that off, right? Like because that's what got the ball going. Right. While that was happening, we 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 stayed in this kind of steady state as an industry, saying, "Look, we just need 15 million bucks." And again, we can debate all sorts of different things about the disease, how it's handled, and. Um, other areas outside of our control. It's a separate topic, but the different coalitions of wildlife agencies and um, conservation groups started to form their own kind of bills, and they just didn't get the traction that that we did because I I think the work that we were presenting to be done and some of our ideas um, were just more they were more concrete and more solution based, if you will. It wasn't a it it wasn't dollars for um, testing and you know, communication. Correct. That, that was a big part of it is, you know, it was all justified. You know, we had, we could, we had things we could reference. This is what, and, you know, they, and we had goals, you know, we had things that we could, you know, lines drawn in the sand that, Hey, hey this is where we're looking to get. And this is what they got to do. This is what it's going to take to get to here. And, and uh, we weren't talking bricks and mortar. We weren't talking about building research facilities. We weren't talking about building colleges and, you know, and parking lots and, you know, we came there with real names, real faces, and, you know, these are already established. You know, this is things that, you know, we've got on the ground today. We just need the funding. And, you know, these laboratories are already sitting there waiting for, for the work to happen. And, and and part of the big thing we pushed, you know, even on the management side of this is, you know, we weren't going to just throw a bunch more money at surveillance. Surveillance doesn't truly stop the, the disease. I mean, does it tell you it's out there? Yeah, but we know it's out there, especially surveillance in areas that already got, you know, you know, endemic areas. So, um, you know, we we pushed that hard. This was all about, you know, things that were truly going to move the needle, things that we we're going to be able to measure. You know, it, you know, we we're going to see progress with this, and that was, I think, uh, you know, the 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 biggest part that we pushed was, you know, hey, we wanted something that truly would be, a, you know, get a measurable response. You know, something yeah. that's going to. Yeah, the other the other thing I wanted to highlight was the um, formation um, by USDA of their uh, CWD stakeholder group that they they put together, and you know there's some state deer representation, there's national uh, representation of all forms of service, a lot of a lot of deer, but you know the the elk guys are in there as well, um, and. You know they have representation from conservation groups, from you know Teddy Roosevelt and Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young, and the list goes on. And then they have all the tribes, the certainly the tribes, um, the state veterinarians, all the uh, 
wildlife biologists, there's, you know, interactions from Department of Interior and USGS. And it's a, it's a nice eclectic mix of people that have interested stake in chronic waste disease. And when they, when they, when they formed that group, they did a nice job at um, looking where dollars were spent, appropriating money to different projects that they thought were worthwhile, but they, they allowed the people in the group to decide collectively how those dollars or how to prioritize those dollars. And then they made the final decision. So like, you know, you and I would be in a group together and we'd have spokesmen or, you know, a VP from Teddy Roosevelt. We'd have one from backcountry, uh, you know, hunters and anglers. We'd have a, the Missouri uh, veterinarian and we'd have a, a wildlife official from, from Michigan. Right. And we'd just talk about, some of the things that went on and then we we'd have some good discussion and it was it was a good it was a good forum and you know and it was productive and i mean and i look back at it because you know i i am i won't be i won't be bashful i'm gonna tell you i've taken a little heat over this so i'm like well, why would you be working with these groups they hate us and they're trying to kill us and trying to put us out of business and yes some of them are but i'll tell you what is i've worked with them here over the last 25 years and as you've mentioned this working group that we're on you know I look at the results and outcome of it, and I think we everything we wanted. You know, I mean, we and we, we were able to squash some stuff that didn't need to be happened. And you know, I think we came out of there all very professional and and, and you know, like you said, truly working for what needed to happen: combat the disease. What's going to be best beneficial for both sides? Mm-hmm. And I think if you got your head stuck in the sand and think we don't need to work with wildlife or that wildlife isn't doesn't concern us. You're wrong because I sit and look at all these different outbreaks of CWD we have out here and these different, you know, when we the ones we can't explain. Well, how did this farmer get it? Well, he's surrounded by it. You know, I mean, to me, geez, the environmental component of this, the wildlife component of this is our number one concern, our number one enemy. You and I selling it amongst each other and the program, the CWD program, herd certification program, you know, it, it, while it has some flaws and it isn't perfect in any means it's working really well we there are, is no such thing as perfection yeah there, and there's very little disease move from one farm to the other but right. what we have is the threat of the wildlife on the other side of that fence so anything we can do to slow that down or to curb that is a win-win for everybody you know i think we, we uh, so anyway like i said it was good i'm glad you mentioned that that you know we were brought together i mean usda instrumental in that and I look at the, the CWD symposiums from around the, you know, that have been held throughout the years. There's another one coming up in May this year. Uh, you know, it has always been a collective group. I look at our U.S. Animal Health Association that we're, we participate in. I'm a director of, um, you know, the there's a lot of wildlife groups there as well, as well as every state veterinarian, every USDA official, every, you know. So, you know, there's a point in this life and world where an industry, I guess, where, must work together i mean that's the you know we are not going to solve and conquer this by ourselves you know yeah the 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 things you know yeah i don't i don't disagree with that and it's it's uh the challenge for a lot of folks is and and every when you really break it down every state has really different dynamics within those states right like all have our own kind of issues we have our own dnrs or game commissions or wildlife agencies and those interactions on a state level are are different across the country and we all have our own challenges right um the the i think the general broad consensus is that um in in many things i think dear dear uh farmers and ranchers they look at things in a very common sense very plain view which is which is good right and they see this kind of call it a double standard or some hypocrisy and how testing's done and sampling and all this other stuff. Excuse me. And, and it just, uh, that, that rubs them, that rubs them the wrong way. That's a separate, that's a separate issue, but the myself included. Yes. Group is good. So, you know, when we look at, they say we got, when we get this, we got to get it appropriated. Uh, I mean, it is such a win-win, you know I mean? That's the part I think we all got to look past is, you know, our differences and, you know, I've had some tell me, oh, the best thing to do is defund this. Well, let's talk about it. 
I mean, the disease has been around since 1967. They've been doing research on it, been looking for it, doing surveillance. Uh, it all really, it hit our industry in 1998, 1997, honestly, December 1997. And then, um, you know, there's never been a shortage of money, even when we have zeroed out on the federal level. It was zeroed out from 2005 to 2011. And in them six years, it didn't go away. It didn't slow down. You know, our wildlife agencies, our, our Department of Natural Resources, some of the most well-funded or, you know, agencies in America. You know, when you look at the, uh, the Pittman-Robinson dollars that you and I, that everybody contributes to every time we buy a bullet or a gun, you know, my own little tiny state, I think we're the third poorest wildlife agency in the nation, you know, is just under 900 and some million dollars. And, you know, half of that in zero comes from the state, from the general budget. Zero comes from the general budget. Half of it comes from these special whatever grants and whatever in the wildlife side of it. And the other half comes from Pittman Robinson dollars. Half of that, over 400 some thousand from, or 400 some million from Pittman Robinson. You know, so there's a there's an endless amount of money out there in those wildlife agencies. We weren't going to starve them out, you know, by taking away from it. But what we were doing, we were hindering and slowing down the folks that truly could make a difference, the scientists, the universities. And that's the part we got to look at. And when you take the little bit we're going to get and you divide that amongst all the, the state agencies and the tribes, you know, it isn't going to increase their budget, you know, really great amounts. It will help some, I mean, and hopefully maybe it'll on the, on the hunting side of this, which you and I and a lot of us in the industry are, maybe it'll help better that a little bit as well. But um, so anyway, it's the, the, the big take home though is, Half of that money from that Research and Management Act goes purely to research. I mean, and, and that's a huge thing for the next six, uh, next five years, six years, I guess it is. Uh, and tell it, you know, um, I think we're, I think it's six years. So, so uh, it's going to be funded the entire time. Yeah, so just, it, to, just to underscore your point, I know in the state of Pennsylvania, our, we call it a game commission, our game commission, um, they have uh over a hundred million dollar operating budget yeah. every year every year like yeah. like clockwork and that they <laughs> they're the largest landholder in the state they have like 1.5 million acres they're uh one of the largest timber contractors in the state they're one of the largest gas and um oil leaseholders in the state like they ain't hurting for money now they'll they will they will certainly address the funding issues if you're watching i'm putting that in air quotes they'll address those funding issues oh we spent two and a half million dollars on on uh cwd man they call it cwd management they they tested some deer um but it's like they can make that up pretty quick so the, the, yeah, I mean, the issue so of the whole, the whole crux of the thing is we were not going to start out and yeah. turn a blind eye because they didn't want to spend any more money on it just was not going to happen so it hasn't happened you know I, I, thank yeah, you I, answer to this is solve the dang disease you know? and boy i'll tell you this genetic stuff we got is looking really good um we talked earlier about these cooperative agreements you know pennsylvania has been very instrumental in applying for those uh we had a lot more states this past year our own home state included you know we need everybody to reach you know to, to, to reach out to their state agency you know to their agriculture agency the department of uh ag that are board of animal health whatever it's called in their state and tell them we want you to apply for let the me let me jump in and stop you a second hang on so because this is this is really important I, I we'll be able to cut this out of this podcast and it could be its own separate thing so sean here's the question if you are a deer farmer in a state and you don't understand or know what this cooperative agreement dollar stuff is how does a deer farmer go about chatting with their State Department of Agriculture or university or whoever they're going to be working with to apply for these dollars. Walk us through that process on a on a high level, and I'll see if I can drop some just basic info in the show notes for people so they know exactly Perfect. what it is. Great idea. You know, all of us, every state we have that has, you know, that is deer farming is some way, somehow regulated, you know by their Department of Agriculture. We have a couple states that are strictly under their, you know, their wildlife agency, but they also can apply. 
But regardless, whoever that person is that you, that you deal with that does your, your yearly inspection, your inventory, your fence inspection, something you get your movement permits from, start with that person. Explain to that person that you would like to get involved with this genetic, you'd like to start testing your, your herd, but you know, it is expensive. You, we all know that, I mean, it's $75 an animal. Uh, when you look at what you get, you know, for that, when you send your sample to NADAR, North American Deer Registry, you are gonna get the genetic markers. You're gonna get genetic breeding value, CWD breeding value, and the CWD markers. And you're also gonna get parentage. So you're gonna know who the mom and dad is of that thing. I mean, and so you're gonna get all that, all three of them for that $75. But it is expensive. You do a whole, a whole farm because you should do your entire farm. Now you can break it up in pieces. You can do your, just start doing your, this year's offspring. Start doing your best breeder bucks. Start doing your best does. But as the years go on, pretty soon you have the whole farm done. So, so you know, tell us about the cooperative agreement dollars. Yeah. So, but back to the dollars. There is federal funding that we got by going to Washington, D.C., and for this cooperative agreement money that your state can apply for. And they will pay then for that testing. Now, we've had it, you know, it's, it's a $250,000 cap on it, you know, so depending per, on your state, depending on grant. their per grant per state. Per grant per state, yes. So you got a lot of deer and, and you know, Initially, when they did some of this, and they they really made the first year or two really complicated as well. They wanted veterinarians to take the sample. They wanted to track the animals for their life and everything. And I'll tell you, it's, we've really simplified it since that. And uh, one thing we've found is that, you know, I think I think in some of this understanding, some of this confusion. So there hasn't been a really large outpouring of you know people in the program, you know, inpouring into the program because. Uh, I think you just don't understand it. So initially, some states limited it to like the first, you know, 10 deer per farm. And then if that used up all the money, and it was 50. Then from there, it was a free-for-all or first-come, first-serve. And we've had other states that, you know, it was going to be just, you know, $50 or 25 But there's some states, you know, I think my North Dakota, I know Minnesota, they're paying 100% of the $75. So, so every state will be a little bit different depending on your number of animals, how many submit, whatever. But start the process. You can tweak it and change it as you go. But uh, I just encourage everybody. The money is there. The funding is there. There is zero reason not to test your animals. Hell, if you don't want to you look at breeding values, you want to just look at markers, so be it. Whatever. You know, it, it costs the same. The test is done. If you just, you know, just to get the parentage end of it, you know, if you don't want to look at either of those, just get the parentage. It's paid for. Why would you not do it? There is zero zero reason not to participate you know and, and and at the end of the day i think when you sit back and look at it i mean this is a tool it's a new tool we've never had before it's going to take time to get its statistical power and as we keep entering the more animals into it the better you know especially we start looking for these these animals that score really well with really good markers you know and um, that have good pedigrees that are going to really produce i mean keep hearing that about well what happens if i got that animal it's really really it's my best producer but it's got bad markers or it's got a bad score or breed it to a better one you know you don't have nobody says you got to get rid of it breed it to a better one but you don't know that until you test so please please if you any hey josh by the simplest thing there anyone that's still confused on this 651-212-1315 651-212-1315 I'm a phone call away. You know? Yeah, that's Sean's. Uh, that's Sean's cell phone. So just hit him up. Yeah. Um, so yeah. just, I just want to make this real simple for folks so they understand. So the cooperative agreement dollars are distributed through, um, or, or from USDA to USDA. your uh, state department state. of agriculture's or your regulatory body that submitted the grant. Right. Correct. Okay. So. That there's could be already, wildlife agency or, you know, for the Texas folks, for instance, or the Alabama folks. There's there's already been many grant sure. projects submitted, approved, and the funds distributed that we can put you in contact with other states that already have that kind of stuff. Co copy, paste, tailor it to copy, your state. paste. Done, right? Submit. If it gets approved, great. You get some dollars for 
different types of programs. Now, the the main one, I think we're up to uh, six. I think there's six states now that have um, fully funding for um, breeding value testing, uh, which is everything that Sean just said. So you get your parentage and everything else. But um, there's six six states now that are that are paying for that test. So it's a no brainer. You test your animals, you get the stuff you need, and uh, the state pays for it. Now, what what I'm seeing on my end, right? And this will this will segue a little bit. And I think, um, Sean, we can have a, a conversation about uh, the future a little bit and why we think this uh, could potentially be important. Is I see I see the herds here, um, and I'll use my own herd because I I have that data, you know, real close right in my head. So as I see my animals literally um, shift from a numbers and marker standpoint on paper to better and better um, generation over generation, when and if I encounter a CWD quarantine on a traceback or, you know, uh, perhaps a positive on my farm, I'm going to be situated in a position to say to my Department of Ag, hey, here's all my data. Let's come up with a herd plan that allows me to continue to do business. And people are always like, what does that look like? Well, I'll give you a quick example. So if I have 50 animals, they're all tested, and I have 10 of those 50 that are above the uh, minimum cutoff value, they would ask me to most likely kill those deer. They would also ask me to do a whole herd live test. So once I did that, I would meet the minimum standards for the genomic breeding values. And we would just work on continuing to increase my herd with better and better animals. We would know that um, the, the whole herd was live tested. Any new positives would be removed from the herd. And I would be allowed to sell to terminal facilities, right? And there might be some restrictions and limitations and for extra permitting and stuff, but like, I'm not out of business. They don't have to pay indemnity and I'm still moving along with my breeding program. That, what I just described, is most likely the starting block for the future of deer farming in North America for a, a, I would say, a considerable period of time until we have, we'll say, CWD under control in farm deer. Would you think that that's a pretty accurate assessment? Exactly. Uh, 100%. There's actually several farms right now in existence today. Yep. Exact same thing. And, you know, a variance of that, uh, depending on, you know, every herd's different, but that's why every herd plant's different. You know, you, how far are you from the endemic area? Are you in an endemic area? You know, how far away are those animals from that cutoff value? Uh, you might not have to kill those animals. Maybe they're going to say over the next two years, over the next three years, or depending on the time of the year, year hey, let's get the fawns out of those animals. And then this fall, take those, you know, animals, you know, to slaughter or something, you know, and, and then, you know, take the fawns, we'll test those and see where they're at. You know, they, they might give you a year or two to breed them up. You know I mean? It's every situation will be a little bit different, but um, if you've got a lot of, you know, the live testing, what's the results of the live testing? You have a little CWD, a lot of CWD, you got no CWD. You know, just a trace back from when you sold animals somewhere else that came up positive. So well, if it's you all going to be a tool these state agencies can use, and I'm going to take it to the next step, too. Uh, right now, I mean, I think the number one thing that's really probably slowing our industry down or the number one, I look back over the last 25 years, the biggest hindrance I've had is, you know, states closing their borders, you know, and, you know, impeding interstate commerce. Uh that's that's whacked us, you know. When you you don't know who you can sell to, who you can't sell to, and you know, what if I can go to those states now, and 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 say, hey, will you open your border to this deer? We you know, can I get a permit to move these deer into your farm or into your state that, you know, are meet this testing, you know, this this level of breeding value? There are these markers. They've been live tested. Whatever we want to throw on top of it, and. And I know there's some people out there just squealing right now saying, we shouldn't have to do that. I agree. We shouldn't. But guess what? They closed their dang borders and we can't move either. And pounding your fist on the table for the last 10 years has not changed that any. So here's a solution we have. And it's not that bad of a solution. I got to go out and punch an ear 
you know, I could take an ear punch on a deer to find out what it has. And then I might be able to gain, you know, Missouri back, you know, New York back, Florida back, uh, you know, Indiana, Kentucky. I mean, there's a zillion, you know, there's a lot of states, more states than, than not than that we could gain back. It you know? starts, it starts. What would that do to this industry if we had gained interstate commerce back? You know? Yeah, it starts opening up the conversation for the states that uh, we'd like to see open. You know, the Tennessees, the Carolinas, the Georgias, the Mississippi. Mississippi yes, yeah. because, New, New Jersey. Yes, there's a bunch that have been trying for years that, yeah, all of a sudden now they have science. Yeah, it's really nice when you have quantifiable data um, that's backed by not only State Department of Agriculture's, United States Department of Agriculture's industry, that you can show people in a very concise and easy way and say, hey, like, here it is. And like, there's consensus, generally speaking, that um, that this is a, a good thing. So, um, you know, kudos to the the researchers that that allow us to do that stuff. And this is going to tie right back into the the cooperative agreement dollars. You know, the things that we're, we're discussing right now with this like genomic program and the live testing and all that stuff, that stuff all comes from researchers and many of them have gotten funding through these cooperative agreement dollars or from USDA and, and various other um, entities that allows them to, to test this research. Some stuff doesn't work, but the stuff we're yeah, talking yeah. about now, yes. it's, it's as promising as, as we've ever seen. Um, the stuff on diagnostics is absolutely incredible. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still up in the air on the sensitivity, but do you want to know if you have the disease or not? Right. That's one thing. Um, but the, the genetic work that's being done is, is, is pretty awesome. So the short story is, is take, get some money from the government. It's, it's there for you. Use it, test your herds. You can do whatever you want with the data. Just test your herds. The data comes to you. I mean, that's the big thing. You get the data, you know? So, so, you know, when I I sit and I think about, you know, some of the conversations I had over the last couple of weeks, you know, since a lot of this has come forward and, you know, I can't say a lot on it because of confidentiality agreements, whatever, but anyhow, there's a company out there that, that is developing and working on a test, you know, that, and it it stems off of cancer, you know, and, and what they're doing with that. And, and it's similar to like what we're doing with the SNPs in DNA and to find the solution for CWD, you know, to test the genetic part of it. But it's looking at the RNA instead of the DNA. It's looking at the RNA and and using the, the, the same genome. And, and they can detect the changes in the body, you know, and they're, it's looking very successful right now with, with cancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Right. I These hope I don't get any calls at... from lawyers, Sean, telling me to take this show down. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> but these guys are, uh, I mean, they have studied the data and what they're looking at, it says it should work for CWD as well. So, you know, what's it take to kick that ball over to the, you know, the, the goalpost, you know, funding. So, that's another one that's just sitting back there on that back burner, just kind of, you know, and they are moving, but it's moving slowly. But, you know, what would happen if all of a sudden you throw some millions of dollars at that? You know, what can that do for research? And, and you know, what easier way to test an animal than taking your punch, you know? And, and, and not only are we going to test it for the genetics, but we'll test it for disease, you know? And very exciting, very exciting. Yeah, it is. I, I, uh, I always find it interesting to see all the, the different things that are going on and then here the researchers themselves tell you about them because they have generally speaking they have a lot of passion for the work that they're doing um yeah. they, can, they can best describe it to you so um i want to i want to wrap up but i want to touch on one more thing nadifa has a conference coming up tell us about it you know this is probably a great segue into that as well too because a lot of those researchers are going to be at the conference that's probably the best way to say it you know the conference again you know and, and i you know, get too redundant or broken recordish or whatever, but the whole, the conference is going to be pretty much the same as it has been the previous years. You know, now we had two years off, but last year we had a very successful conference. The first one in the three years since COVID. Um, God, we had super turnout. We had great trade show. The booths uh, right at a hundred booths. I mean, wow, what a trade show that was. What are the best one we've had in many years, you know, before the 
you know, the COVID thing. I think people wanted to get out. Uh, we are, I think we're just about 70 some boots right now. So we got in this next month, we got to sell those last 30, which it'll happen. We got a few more functions to go to. So if you have a booth out there, one of the neat things we're going to try to do here, um, and I'm going to give credit, credit to Eddie Ray Borkholder on this one. He showed up at the top 30 with just this big, huge, tremendous, beautiful booth. Um, kind of back to the old days. Remember when, you know, Willie Swarey set up that looked like a little town. You know, and, uh, we have seen some very nice booths. And still there. They're out in the people's barns. We have them. Load them in the trailer. Haul them to French Lick, Indiana, because we're going to try to do a little contest, you know, people's choice, whatever, and, and give out some prizes for like the top three best booths, you know, and voted on by the people, by the membership. Uh, so I encourage you to dust off those booths and bring them to French Lick, you know, for the trade show. Uh, the seminar uh, antler competition, you know, going to be just one year. Last year we did the three years to try to catch up. Boy, that was a, it was a major event, a lot of antlers and confusion over what year is what, but there's only be the one year now, so we are caught up. So bring your antlers from this year's animals or a past year. If you if you missed last year and you have a set of antlers that haven't been scored yet, you know, hey, we take those as well. Um, so antler competition, dart gun competition, new dart, one of our major uh, sponsors, uh, sponsoring the new deer farmer seminar um, and the dart gun competition. Uh, coloring contest, uh, photo contest. If you got some neat photos you've taken out there of, of your deer and the pens, please bring them as well. Um, the new deer farmer seminar, tremendous information in there. Uh, it's on Wednesday, the day before we do that. So that gives those people opportunity to take partake in the rest of the conference, you know, and not have to be stuck in a room the whole time. Uh, you know, truly the data that or the information that'll be shared there is stuff average deer farmer has been farming more than five years already knows you know and is doing every day he doesn't realize he knows um so i get some heat about that but from the old veteran deer farmer like well why is it on wednesday we can't go to that well you don't need to go to that leave that for that guy that's trying to learn so he can ask a question and not be embarrassed and not get ridiculed by you you know and so uh new deer farmer seminar everything from building fences to animal health, to reproduction, to marketing the animal, to hauling the animal, loading them, darting them, whatever, you know, uh, it's going to cover everything, nutrition. So animal or new deer farmer on Wednesday. Uh, if you don't know how to score antlers, uh, SCI scoring class Wednesday. Thursday, we're going to roll right into uh, the uh, animal health. Uh, Dr. Roxanne Nib is going to be talking about, uh, oh, several different things on animal health side, but just general animal health for your, for your herd. And then from that, we'll roll into the afternoon, have a little CWD symposium. We're going to have uh, the researchers from Ames, Iowa, you know, the experts, you know, and uh, talking about all they're doing there in Ames on the, the genetic stuff. Uh, the people don't want about CWD and scrape in the correlation. They'll be talking about that. Uh, CWD, is it spread by semen? You know, can you get it by artificial inseminating? They'll be talking about that. I can't remember the fourth one. It's some of the, I think some of the, um, testing things, the diagnostics, uh, Dr. Chris Seabury is going to give the ox ranch story, you know, talking about just, as you said earlier, what does a positive facility do? What's their, what, what's, you know, what can they do through a herd plan to stay in business, to keep moving animals? Uh, Chris is going to talk about that. Friday, we'll roll into uh, um, EHD, talking about uh, vector controlled. EHD, you know, the vaccine, medgene vaccine, uh, vaccinating these animals, uh, vector control, killing them little darn midges that are causing the darn problem. We have some uh, experts there on the spraying, you know, spray's expensive, you know, let's do, let's do it right, you know, and let's not overdo it. And then, uh, Rounding it up with uh, the Nadifa Spring Sale Friday night, followed by the last fundraiser. Thursday night, we'll have a, the first part of our Nadifa fundraiser. Friday night, the second part. If you have a unique item out there, something of uh, interest to others or something you make or do for a hobby or, or something you do professionally, whatever, or just something right from your own farm that, that you think has value to someone else, give me a call. You got my number earlier here. Give me a call. Give one of the board of directors. Give the office, Marcy, a call at the office. Uh, we still are taking donations. We have not finalized the fundraising catalog yet, so we are still taking donations. Uh, if you have an animal that you'd like to put in that Nadifa spring sale, something you've been saving that's, I mean, like the best on your farm, something really going to sell good, 
have Lester Eicher or Chris Ezel, I call with Whitetail Sales, and uh, they're helping us put that part of the sale together. Um, Board of Directors meeting Wednesday night. Everybody's always welcome to that. Uh, our Silver Livestock Foundation Wednesday night as well. We'll have a Board of Directors meeting. Um, North American Deer Registry is going to have a meeting Friday morning. You're welcome to attend that. These are all open meetings for you, the membership uh, in the industry. Josh, what am I missing? Uh, that sounds good to me. I'm gonna be, <laughs> it's going to be a fun time. March 22nd, yeah. that's Wednesday, the start of it, setup day basically through Saturday, March 25th. And uh, we'll hand out all the awards and a lot of networking, more of a social day that Saturday. Start tearing down at noon, head for home. So you're home by uh, Sunday night, ready to go back to work Monday morning. Um, I will drop a bunch of the info uh, for hotels and schedules and all that stuff into the show notes. So you can find that there. I'll make sure Sean's phone number is there. Don't call me. Call Sean. Don't call me. Call Sean. <laughs> I'm not sure when you're going to get this out. I'm hopefully this show is going to air fairly quick. but. Uh... The 19th, so that's like next Monday, is the deadline for the hotel room book. Mm. I like this every darn year. And, you know, I seen the tri-state was sending out things to get people their room block was ending. And I seen Michigan and I know Minnesota and Iowa's. And, you know, it's a never-ending battle. The top 30, Texas top 30, the DBC, TDA. I mean, the deer industry has got to be the worst people when it comes to booking hotel rooms, you know. And I will get calls on the 20 first the day before the conference like hey i can't get a room or the room's all booked up or geez the rooms are charging this crazy amount of money why are you in this hotel like because they were giving us a really beautiful discount if you'd have booked by march 19th or february february 19th if you have not booked your room book it i mean if something comes up you can always cancel but book it uh i think it's pretty simple like 888-936-9360 that don't work call me but i'm pretty sure that's it um, you know, French Lick Indiana, please call, book your room, room uh, please. Cool. Uh, Sean, I appreciate you coming on. Let's do a uh, after conference recap. I think that would be uh, an idea. idea just to cover the things that went on at the show. I'm sure that uh, some of the presentations are going to have some some new info. And let's try to make a... Um, Let's try to make time to have a, a regular update for you know Nadifa members. It's it's a it's important to do. I know it's it's my it's always my biggest my biggest gripe of um, of yourself well and and Nadifa. I just I I always want to know what's going on because I I care about the industry and I you know it's 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 how I make my living for my family and um, you know you guys are a, a a part of that and certainly on on my end with the. Pennsylvania Deer Farmers Association, like that's a part of that. And, you know, we all have our parts to play, but um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, you coming on and uh, I'll give you the last word, but you only have a minute. So I'm going to cut you off if you, if you I'm just going to say, Hey, thank you to everyone. And I am going to encourage you again to come to that conference because that is what everything we talked about today and the success we've had in Washington, DC, you know, if it's not for this conference and the funds raised at this conference, it's not going to happen. We are out of, we, we won't have an industry. You know I mean? We need people to come together and support the industry and, and this national conference is the time to do it. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. And with that, stay tuned for another episode of North American Deer.